You know, recently I had a friend of mine send me a photo. Uh, it was kind of a joke, really. But to describe the photo, it was a full roll of toilet paper sitting on top of a standard toilet paper holder that still had the empty roll on it. And his text message to me stated, this is the physical manifestation of not my job syndrome. You know, at first I laughed and I joked around with him a little bit. And I even asked if he was the one who did that, right? But after a while, I started thinking about how sad this mindset really is. So hang on for just a few minutes and we'll get into it. Leaders are not born in a womb. They are forged through heat, pleasure, and a whole lot of sweat. The Fireforge Leader Podcast serves the audience through exploring leadership at work, in the community, and with the family, using a practical perspective and real-life experiences from the host, Steve Baumgartner, and his guests in The Forge. Now, it's time to enter The Forge with the Fireforged Leader. What is up, leaders? Welcome to the Fireforged Leader Podcast. I'm Steve Baumgartner, your host and founder. And I would like to take you on a journey of the forge where we're going to explore lessons learned on the front lines of leadership. Today, we're going to be talking about not my job syndrome. This syndrome in my opinion, is a cancer. And to be blunt, I actually see red right now when I hear someone say it. This phrase of not my job is right up there along with phrases like, we've always done it this way, or eh, it's good enough. I mean, those three are probably the top three of the most terrible phrases that I hear. But let's stick to this one, this not my job syndrome, because really I see its application everywhere. So we already know what that looks like in the, in the sphere of work, in the scope of work. It looks like this lazy ass example, to be honest with you, the not changing out the roll of toilet paper. Absolutely ridiculous. It also looks like someone walking away from an issue that affects the organization that they could have easily done something about. Let's talk about an example for a second. Let's say a water line breaks at your factory. It's spraying on the products and it's going to cost thousands of dollars more the longer that it goes. It's just going to keep on stacking up dollars in scrap if it doesn't get shut off. The operator sees the valve over in the distance and they have a clear path to turn it off, but they choose not to because that's maintenance work, aka not my job. So let's take another example. And this one, let's, let's talk about an office building. And there's, you know, it's a, a tile floor, or, you know, some sort of smooth flooring. And there's a spill on this floor in the main 
traffic area in the main thoroughfare. And there's an employee that's walking down the aisle and almost falls down when they slip on this spill that's in the middle of the floor. But rather than taking care of it, yeah, they say to themselves, ah, that's the janitor's job. They'll be by soon enough. They'll get it cleaned up. Well, what if they don't and someone else slips on it, right? AKA, not my job. All right, but it doesn't stop in the workplace. As you know, we talk about the workplace, we talk about home, and we talk about community. So let's look at this in the home example. Have you ever seen one of those dads? These kind of guys make me sick. And I use the term dad very loosely in this situation because they absolutely make me sick. But it's those dads who won't change their own child's diaper. They say that that's their wife's job. Drives me nuts. That's definitely a not my job attitude. You know, I've seen men ignore a diaper in this situation, and the diaper leaks and runs up the back of the dang kid's shirt, and they still won't take care of it. I will tell you that I've had it on a couple instances. They really don't like it when I step in and I change the diaper because the kid needs a damn diaper change. But that's a not-my-job attitude. They think that their wife is the one who is supposed to be doing that. But let's not leave anybody out. What about the mom that believes all the discipline needs to be taken care of by the father? I mean, we've all heard things like, you just wait until your father gets home. Well, what is that really telling the kid? That it's not her job? But let's go further. What does that tell our kids about fathers? That they're the mean ones? That they're the only ones who will hold you accountable? What about that mother's authority? And this could go either way on both of those situations, by the way. I'm not picking on mothers or fathers. But there's there's people out there like this, right? What about finances? Finances in the home. You have a family, right? I don't personally understand the couples that have separate finances. Doesn't make a bit of sense to me. If you get married, you should share everything. That's just my personal opinion. But let's talk about that situation for a minute. And this one, I can't even imagine being in this situation. But what about, and I heard a, about a couple like this the other day. That is that's why I'm bringing this situation up, but uh, they actually split the finances and one of the people in the, in the relationship is really good at saving and the other one spends everything that they get. Well, what happens when you split your finances and the person who spends everything that they get gets laid off and can't pay their portion of the bills? What happens when the other person says, yeah, that's not, that's not my bill. You're supposed to pay that. Well, the whole family suffers, right? And in any one of these situations, the whole family suffers. And all the work examples, the entire mission suffers at work. 
Well, let's bring it out in the community for a, for a second. <laughs> well, let's be honest. This is exactly where we are at in society today. People throw things on the floor at a mall or a restaurant, and they say things like, ah, it's all right. There's someone who gets paid to pick it up. Or maybe it's not even intentional or a kid knocks something on the floor and they say the same thing. Ah, it's no big deal. There'll be someone around to clean that up for you. You know, I get it in certain points, you know, like it's a whole bunch of soda all over the floor. But if it's a burger wrapper or, you know, silverware or glass, I'm sorry, but that is the wrong answer. Now let's take it a little bit more extreme. What about there's a fire in your neighborhood and there's an old couple that lives there and they can't get out? Eh, not my job. That's fire department's job. They'll be here in a half an hour. What about that man who hits his wife in a parking lot at a restaurant and you observe it? Eh, not my job. The police can take care of that, right? You might be fully capable to take care of it. You might be able to go step in, bring awareness to it. You know, be able to save that woman from, from being hit, from being abused. What about things that are a little bit more normal in life? Like being at the park and there's trash floating along the ground. Right? We all want to complain about situations like that. We all want to complain about it. But how many of us are really stopping and picking up that trash or teaching our kids how to pick up that trash or being the example for others in the park? Not many. I watch people look at it, shake their head and walk by it many, many times every week. <clears throat> we as leaders need to start breaking this mold all over, right? At work, at home and out in the community. So I just wanted to give a couple tips and you know, these really, I could have went on all day on these tips, but the clearest one in my opinion is at work. But I think the work example really spreads out throughout home and out in the community as well. But I got you some different ones for those. I just wanted to mention that. So at work, first and foremost, it always comes back to the same point. We need to clearly identify and communicate the vision and mission to all of our employees. All right. We also need to help those employees know how it benefits them to follow the vision and the mission, right? Hey, guys, we're going to take a dog sled across, you know, <laughs> this, this barren wasteland here. Yeah, people aren't going to jump on the dog sled to want to go do that, right? They got to know, they got to understand why. They got to understand how it benefits them. When the company does better, what does it do for them personally? So here's one example. What about that maintenance employee? You know, the in maintenance, the better that we help operators succeed the more stable the process becomes and the less we react. Yeah, okay. Who cares? Well, Joe, you remember that time when you got stuck here and missed part of your son's ball game? 
Yeah, I remember that. Well, you know, if we had a more stable process, I could guarantee that you could be to more of your son's ball games. You know, and they're going to be personal examples, and that's why we need to get to know our employees. And then the third one that I'm going to give you is you need to let them know the expectation of the leadership group as well. So being a plant manager, I quickly found out that every department, if left unchecked, it automatically goes to blaming someone else if there's a failure. All right. But we need to, we need to let them know the expectation that we all win or we all lose together. There's no departments. There's only one organization. So really, uh, we need to tell them the vision and mission, right? We need to let them know how it benefits them, and we need to let them know the expectation. At home, we need to blur the lines between the duties of spouses and kids and, you know, in between spouses. Granted, there's going to be some norms, like my wife normally does the laundry, but we need to blur the hard lines. Going to that laundry example, you know, if I come home from work and I see a mountain of laundry, there's two there's two choices I can make. I can go, honey, what in the hell? Why is this laundry all over the place? Or I can do, hey, you mind if I throw a couple of these loads in? You know, where are you at with this? Let me give you a hand, right? I can complain or I can pitch in. You know, we also need to teach our children how to help out in all things as a team. We need to get our kids engaged in helping doing the dishes or sweeping the floors or vacuuming the vacuuming or, you know, even work out in the garage. You know, I have my kids help build shelves and do all sorts of things, paint. And ultimately, we need to do these tasks together so that they understand that it's everybody's job. To maintain the house is everybody in the house's job. So out in the community, you know, I'll tell you right now, there are a ton of things, if you think about it, out in society, everyday life, that either bug you or pull at your heartstrings. So this is going to be pretty blunt, but stop complaining and start doing all right. There's a ton of opportunities to get involved. All you need to do is just go do it. You can do it financially. You can give up your time. You can connect with others. There's a ton of different ways to get involved. Go out and get involved. The second thing out in the community that I'm going to say it is if something is out of place, Put it in place, right? If you're at Walmart and you see that there's something on the shelf up here that's not in the right spot and it's blocking view of other things, and you see it, all of its counterparts down here on this shelf, don't just push it to the side. When you push it to the side, grab it and put it back on the shelf in the other place, right? 
if you're at a park and there's trash blowing around, rather than looking at it, shaking your head, wondering who did it, pick it up and put it in the trash. All of these examples about putting things back in their place take very limited time. And then the last thing that I'm going to give you out in the community is if someone needs help, by all means, just help them. That's it. That's it. Just help them. If someone falls down, help them get up. If there's an elderly couple coming in the door of a restaurant and they're having a hard time with the door, help them open the door. It's just being courteous. This stuff overall isn't rocket science. But it takes us opening our eyes and changing our mindset. Sometimes it's just us being less damn selfish and working to make this entire world a better place at work, at home, and out in our communities. So let me recap for a second. At work, we need to clearly identify and communicate the vision and mission. We need to help people understand how the vision and mission impact their personal lives, and we need to let them know the expectation. At home, we need to blur the lines between duties. We need to teach our children correctly, and we need to do tasks together. Out in the community, we need to stop complaining and start doing. We need to put things in place that are out of place and help other people. So let's go out there and impact the world by simply changing that roll of toilet paper and stop saying it's not my job. So leaders, you have come here to listen to this message once again, but listening is not enough. I want to know what you're going to apply this week, this month, and this year. What are you going to go out there and do? How are you going to act? Remember, when you become a better leader in all of these areas, you're going to become a better spouse, a better parent, a better coworker, and ultimately a person that other people want to follow. So get out there and grow in your leadership skills and do it for your family, your community, and the ones you lead at work. Ultimately, go out there and lead with intent, my friends. So once again, I ask you, if you appreciate what you heard here today, I invite you to leave a rating and a review. You can do that on any podcasting application that you uh, subscribe to. And if you haven't done so already, smash that subscribe button. You know, I hear a lot of people who like this, like this show and like other shows. And they're always searching for them. That subscribe button puts it in your feed. So lastly, continue to join us here in the Forge as we bring you lessons learned on the front lines of leadership. We're going to continue having an amazing guest. We still have Nick Lavery coming up. I do have a special package coming. Y'all heard my episode on uh, the Sound of Freedom and the call to action there. 
Well, my call to action has been getting as much information out as humanly possible. So I have a multi-part series coming up that we're going to be going into some pretty deep subjects on. And you might be asking yourself, what does that have to do with leadership? Well, I'll tell you, our jobs are to go out there and positively influence the entire world. It's a heavy burden, but we're strong enough to carry it. With that being said, I'm Steve Baumgartner, and I'm out. You have just experienced the heat and pressure of the forge. Remember, words without action are meaningless. Now, after the heat of the forge, shape your thoughts, quench your brain, then put your new tools to use, adding to your leadership. Tune in next week for more lessons from the forge.